Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer and it is Scandifall week. We are riding the wave, but of course we are also talking about New Jersey today, which means that I am joined once again by Jordana Abraham. Hey Jordana. Hi Dylan. What a week to be a Bravo fan. There's what never a week. been <laughs> a more entertaining week to be a Bravo fan than this week. Truly, I have not had a chance to talk to you yet about any of the Scandaval proceedings. So I'm curious just to get kind of like uh, a real a little temperature check. What has your uh, experience been the last few days? Um, you know, when it broke on Friday, um, I found myself like weirdly, I guess not weirdly because it was everyone. I found myself so invested in what was happening I guess I was trying to think like, what is the difference between this and any other Bravo scandal where I'm like so intensely like waiting for updates? And I guess it's because it was so unexpected and also just like so scandalous and Mm -hmm. so unlike anything we've seen from the show in years, you know? Yeah. And I think it sort of builds on Vanderpump Rules already this season has felt like it's kind of getting back to some level that it hasn't seen in a while. And then this just kind of feels like the icing on the cake in a major way that it's like, what could be more, you know, <laughs> impactful, exactly. I guess. For a show that was potentially going to be canceled, like, what, two years ago? Mm. This is just like the comeback for the ages. And I also also have to say, I think the the big winners here in this whole thing, and I mean, it's it's messed up to say winners, but they are the winners, are Bravo, clearly, and whatever's producing that show, and Hydroxycut. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, can you imagine the luck of that being your last post? Oh my right God. Right before this... everything went down. Because the, the, I, I don't follow either of them, but I've been going to their pages and refreshing constantly yeah. and i keep just seeing this ad this hydroxy cut giveaway that the tom toms did like thursday of last week you know what's funny is in their sponsored post reporting or whatever we do a lot of brand partnerships hydroxy cut is going to be like we have never gotten so many comments on a post <laughs> right. the, the engagement was off the charts and you know people were writing these long impassioned paragraphs in the comments and <laughs> that meeting is going to be wild when somebody has to explain to like the hydroxy cut account executive like yeah actually this is really really bad <laughs> i know uh to be that brand manager i would love to see to be in the hydroxy cut hq this week also yeah, that's uh, a rare feeling that I would like to be in a hydroxy cut office. But um, <laughs> we it is Wednesday morning as we are sitting down to record this. And in the last 12 hours or so, we have had statements come out from both Tom and Raquel. Uh, first, Tom posted his on Instagram at like 12 or 1 a.m. Eastern time. So I was, you know, 
I was in bed. I woke up this morning. Of course, I roll over and like instinctively open Instagram. And the first thing I see is like seven hours ago, Tom Sandoval. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Can we not? This scandal broke on Friday afternoon. Can we not do any of this during working hours? Like, please. This is very stressful. This is like our version of like the the Bravo version of like the 2020 election, like, you know, just chaos and it needs constant reporting and you never know what's going to happen next. Yeah. So Tom's so for Tom put out that first statement on Saturday night that was pretty roundly uh, criticized for and <laughs> for not mentioning Ariana once, but really uh, begging people to stop leaving bad Yelp reviews for Schwartz and Sandys, which uh, whatever. But this one is a more direct apology. Um, first and foremost, apologize to everyone I've heard through this process. Most of all, apologize to Ariana, made mistakes, was selfish, made reckless decisions, hurt somebody I love. Uh, no one deserves to feel that pain so traumatically and publicly. I can only imagine how devastating this has been for Ariana and everyone around us. I really feel horrible about that. My biggest regret <laughs> is that I dishonored Ariana. I never meant to disappoint so many people, including our loving family and friends. You know, it goes on for a couple more paragraphs, but I think the for me, the biggest takeaway is this language that he's using it feels very passive that it's like i never meant for this to happen i hate that she got hurt it's like you, sir this yes. is 100 percent something that you did that you hurt her you are disgracing whatever all of your family and friends are upset at you it's not like oh this sucks that this happened and ariana right. I, I didn't want this it's like well, then why'd you do it? Yeah, it didn't happen to you. You, he, This is a product of his own creation. I agree. It sounds very like... It sounds like he's very like over it already, too, which is like kind of an annoying thing where he's like, you know, I loved Ariana. It's not like... Like, I loved our... our we had some great moments together. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we're still in like the thick of this. It's like, you can't really talk about it so much as like a like... He sounds like he's like wrapped it up in a bow. Almost. Right. Right. That it's it's looking in the rearview mirror and being like, yeah, I, I it sucks how this went down. And it's like you're you're still filming this TV show a week ago. You were in a, in a quote unquote, happy relationship <laughs> to, as far as we all knew. Um, literally, like we're watching the show unfold right now with no inkling that this is going to happen. Like, yeah, that's I think that's the thing where it feels a little bit like. There's been a lot of talk about different PR strategies, whatever, at play. And his strategy seems very much like this has happened. We are going to move forward from it. And I'm going to say kind of the bare minimum that I feel like I can say. And I think that's not giving enough credit to the gravity of the situation and to how strongly people feel about it. That it's like, no, you can't just like say you're sorry and be like, that sucked. Cut. Next thing. It's a little too little too late. And also it kind of feels like because he already did a statement, this is his second statement. It was like someone gave him no, like redlined his first statement and was like, not enough, Ariana, not enough self like flagellation. Um, We need to like amp this. It doesn't seem like particularly genuine. And you also already at this point, I've heard all this stuff about him filming with Raquel and I heard something about a kiss on screen um, and just like all this other stuff. And you're just kind of like, it doesn't really feel 
very genuine. If he had done this maybe Saturday, like maybe mm-hmm. it would have been a little better. And he didn't release the statement all about how people should be nice to the people who work at TomTom or Schwartz and Sandy's. Like, I think it would have been a stronger statement. I mean, the straight statement isn't like the worst thing I've ever seen. Right. If it's it were just, done correctly the first time. It's very, yeah, it's a very mediocre it's not strong. It doesn't feel really regretful in any way. And I, like you said, the first part of this statement is I want to first and foremost apologize to everyone I've heard. It's like, no, first and foremost, you wanted to tell people to fuck off in the comments. Right. Like, <laughs> like your first and foremost reaction was stop being mean about Schwartz and Sandy. Right. About your business, not about. Right. Anything. You don't get to say first and foremost when you you, you already did this three days ago. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, Tom Sandoval has always been super self-righteous. I think that's sort of like mm. a theme of his from the show. So I'm not super surprised. I don't recall a moment where I've ever really seen him be really sorry about anything on the show and always kind of feels like he seems like he he thinks he has the moral high ground. Yeah, and that maybe there's some work he needs to do to kind of like move past something, but that there's no like actual self-reflection necessarily. Right. And any of the fights that he has with any of the characters on the show. I think that's that's a good uh good observation. But let's move on to Raquel's statement, which was released just within the last hour or so via an Entertainment Tonight exclusive. So this is not something that Raquel has posted on social media. This is something that is being released in its, you know, pure form as a statement to Entertainment Tonight, which so is clear a choice. Press. Clear <laughs> press statement. This isn't like she's pretending like she maybe could have come up with it herself because she's clearly not <clears throat> emailing Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so she said, I want to apologize for my actions and my choices foremost to Ariana and to my friends and the fans so invested in our relationships. There is no excuse. I am not a victim and I must own my actions and I deeply regret hurting Ariana. I'm reflecting on my choices, speaking to a counselor, and I'm learning things about myself, such as my patterns of codependency and addiction to feeling and being loved. I have sought emotional validation through intimate connections that are not healthy without regard for my own well-being, sometimes negatively affecting others and often prioritizing the intimate connection over my friendships. I am taking steps to understand my behavior and make healthier choices. Although I chose to be on a reality show, accepting the good and bad that comes with it beyond my own actions, I have been physically, physically assaulted, lost friendships, received death threats and hate emails in addition to having had my privacy violated." I've begun counseling to end my unhealthy behavioral cycle, learn to set stronger emotional boundaries, and learn to protect my mental health. I don't expect sympathy, understanding, or forgiveness. Right now, I must focus on my own health and well-being as I strive to be a better person moving forward. I will prioritize my mental health and learn from my mistakes. Raquel Levis. Okay. Rachel, I guess. Raquel. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? A whole, um, whole other thing. Yeah. She's really throwing out the therapy terms. She's she's throwing out everything that she can. And this is a very well, I think this is a pretty well-crafted PR response. I can't think of anything that they would have written that would have been better for her. Mm. There's really, it, it goes into everything. It does, it, it clearly states I'm not a victim, but here's like some reasons why I do these things. Like I thought this was whoever, whatever new PR team she's hired, I thought did a pretty good job with this one. Although it is a little late again with the, similarly to the Tom thing. Yeah, Olivia Pope did a lovely job with this copy. Um, it, it is a little bit like some of the stuff about, you know, I'm prioritizing my mental health. I'm working on learning these things about myself. 
it it does come across to me as like a little bit me 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 in a way mm-hmm. and like you know i guess that's kind of all she has control over at this point she's saying she doesn't expect forgiveness or sympathy i it's just tough because the situation in and of itself is so despicable right. really that it's like okay yeah you sounds good that you're going to therapy and learning about your behavioral patterns but also like again don't fuck your friend's man for seven months you know like it's it's one of those yeah. things where there really isn't a correct thing to say well that's the kind of, that's what i'm saying like i don't th- i can't imagine anything that she would say that would be better that would make it right make her feel more sympathetic i mean listen but we're breaking down the statement i do i obviously she messed up obviously this is terrible do i believe she deserves to be physically assaulted and harassed and bullied and get death threats like no mm. obviously she's there's like every, a well-deserved public um public shaming i would say like just being on this reality show like but all the other things like yeah everyone should like everyone should relax in terms of like berating and harassing her fine do I also believe that stuff about her like mental health and how she picks be- situations that are very bad for her? Totally. She dated James for, she was engaged to James, dated James for many years. James, as you can see through all the, the episodes, is extremely verbally abusive and like not very nice to her and cheated on her. Do I think she has a pattern of dating or going after people who are like very bad and very wrong? Yes. Again, does that excuse anything? No. But like... I would say that's a fair assessment from probably the one therapy session that she had with someone. <laughs> I think it's it's also, it makes it more, it kind of adds a layer to this statement that this is coming after yesterday we got news that she had, through a lawyer, sent a letter to some of her castmates, basically warning them against committing revenge porn if this video is circulating, I haven't seen it anywhere. You know, obviously people shouldn't be sharing right. or posting any, you know, explicit video of her against her consent. And then also we found out that she filed for a restraining order against Sheena, which was granted on a temporary basis, I believe, through like the end of this month. So it is a little bit like she it feels like she's kind of getting all her ducks in a row in a very strategic way that maybe Sandoval seems to be a little bit more just like, this is st- like, I don't want to deal with this. Right. He, his doesn't seem to be quite as calculated um, in terms of his response. Like again, maybe he needs a better team. Um, but I guess there's, I don't know, like I, we're all going to see how it plays out. Um, and I agree. I think if anyone, I don't think if the letter was to say, don't disseminate the video, I think that's fair. I don't think anyone should have a sex tape of theirs or some sort of sexual video of theirs released without their consent. You can still, again, be blamed and shamed without having that be part of the situation. It's like, I think that's Raquel is making very specific choices to protect herself via the restraining order, via the legal letter. Maybe she's not doing everything in the exact you know, best order or whatever, but also it's the situation is yeah. kind of no win for her at this point. So, and you know, I mean, this is a very vengeful cast. This is mm. not a cast that is not looking to seek revenge on people. If you remember, I mean, that's why half of the characters on this show got, got um, <laughs> like fired. Yeah. Was because they take it too far. And I do think if I were her, I would be very worried about that as well. Yeah. That it's like people like Lala, people like James, people like, Jax Taylor, Kristen Doty, like these are mm-hmm. not people that are 
always going to just be rational and predictable and, you know, draw the line in a reasonable place. So I I do think, you know, Raquel is probably smart to get ahead of that in in that sense. I mean, if if Jax Taylor starts doing anything other than tweeting, you know, that's going to be tough for me. I don't he like teased that he might be going on Watch What Happens Live. And I'm like, Jax, what? <laughs> I can't believe they're the only couple left. It's it's so bizarre. That's I hope never would have predicted that. I know. I mean, good, I guess good, I guess Stassi them, I guess. and Bo, maybe. Eh, I feel like Jax and Brittany, they're the only couple that feel like kind of that that era of Vanderpump rules. Like Stassi and Bo were kind of like after. Right. And I and guess like Sheena I'm, and Brock were after. Yeah. And they like sir, I guess they they've already had all their cheating scandals already. Right. And they're like they they both were chill with that. So I guess if that if that didn't break them up, I think they're in it. For the long haul. Right. Brittany made it through her rotten hail era and th- nothing's going to break them now. I guess so. <laughs> m- messed up and is that is, but. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. The real reason that we are here, I'm glad we have the Scandaval updates. Of course, we, you know, we'll keep you posted. But we got to talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey. Uh, I just want Margaret and Jennifer to just like, oh my god, can it for like one, one day. The two of them are just like unhinged. Like they're so mean to each other. Like they're so mean. There's no, there's nothing they won't say. Just like. Jen Fessler, so poor sweet Jen Fessler, <laughs> yeah. hosting this brunch. She she has the food already, the fried chicken, she, the waffles. It's going to be great. 
she is sat right in the middle between Jennifer Aiden and Margaret. And these women are just absolutely going at it across Jen Fessler. And I, I mean, hats off to her for surviving that. But oh my God, it just is, it's never ending. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's interesting to know that Teresa's on six acres. Um, <laughs> Which is she's probably learned from doing the show for 10 plus years that that's the that's the move. Teresa's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about neighbors. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, okay, we backing up a little bit on this episode. um, You know, we're getting our little updates. We meet Rachel's grandmother, who is, you know, a hoot. And that was so funny when she when she heard the when she thought they said guinea. And they said idiot. And she's like, don't ever say that to me again. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that's the thing I love about Jersey is it's like these people's families, the little, the little like fun parts. Like, you know, that's it's always nice. Um okay, what do you what did you think about this conversation when Teresa was going veil shopping, I guess, trying on tiaras and whatnot? Um, Melania and Gia are there. Um, and we get more every episode. It feels like we get a few little breadcrumbs about the Judice slash Ruelas family dynamic. And it's always interesting to me. Um, so Teresa talks about how Melania struggled the most when Joe Judice went away and that now she's doing great in school. She's happier again. And Teresa sees this as evidence that Louis is a great influence on the family. Thought. I mean, maybe, I guess, like, I do think, because I think Teresa is probably much happier since meeting Louie. Like, she probably was, like, kind of sad, kind of stressed. Um, and I do think, like, Teresa does seem happier. So I yeah. think a happier mom definitely would make for a happier home. And I can see maybe that byproduct, um, a byproduct of that happening happening also i mean like her dad like i can imagine she was not doing well her dad was like being deported um like there was a lot of stuff to be stressed out about those flashbacks of her and the kids and like the reuniting and him going to those were like Mm -hmm. so heartbreaking like you really really feel it you know yeah i didn't have i didn't really have a problem with that comment but i did i thought it was more interesting when the producer asked gia in the confessional chair when was the last time that Joe and Teresa and Melissa and everyone felt like a united family. And she says, right before Louis. And this is something where it's like, I think it's complicated. I don't think it's as simple as like right before Louis. So then Louis is the problem. But it is kind of funny that it's like when you ask, Gia has all this horrible stuff to say about Joe and Melissa. But when you ask her, you know, okay, so like what, what was, when was it good? She's like, oh yeah. Right before Louis, it's like, let's un- can we unpack right. that a little bit I, more? <laughs> I think that actually speaks more to Teresa than it does to like the infl- like the the fact that Louis is there. I think again, before Louis, Teresa was probably kind of depressed and kind of upset, and the only family she had at that time was uh, Joe and Melissa and their kids. So I'm sure she like leaned more into that. Once she met Louis, she was like, oh, here's like other people. Mm-hmm. That I maybe like more, that I can lean on to more. So it does feel like maybe she was using, she's never really liked them as much, but at that time they were all she had. So she was like trying to get along with them more. Yeah, I think that's a good point that it's easy. Louis is kind of like 
an easy target in a way because he was the variable that entered the equation at a certain point, but that it also says a lot about Teresa's kind of journey, you know, from all the stuff that went down with Joe Judice. Obviously, that was, you know, a really tough time in their family. And there's all this debate about whether Melissa and Joe were kind of like around enough or supportive enough. And then Teresa had this kind of single era. I mean, it was not, it was kind of brief, but, and then Louis came into the picture and that that's kind of like a lens through which to view Teresa's arc and that maybe nothing really changed between Joe Gorga and Teresa so much as Teresa just didn't, she wasn't as reliant on that relationship. Yeah. And also to me, it feels like Teresa was a little more invested in like the show before Mm. Louis. I think again, because maybe that was all she had. She had the show and her kids and her brother. Um, And now you kind of see like now that they're like getting married in this relationship, Teresa is not really involved with any drama with anyone. Like, yeah, I think we talked last week about how sometimes it feels like Jennifer Aiden is kind of like the proxy for Teresa and some of these group dynamics. And then it's like, yeah, I think, I mean, Teresa is, she shows up. It's not like she is. There's she no leaves set. when Jen leaves. She's like, oh, Jen's leaving. I got to go too. <laughs> right. Like, it's not like she is skipping all of these events and like not doing solo scenes. Like she still is on the show and contributing, but that there are certain things where it's like, she doesn't seem as interested in kind of getting in the mud as she used to be maybe. And maybe that's growth. Like for her, that might be, <laughs> it's probably healthier. She's happier, like you said, but there is kind of a missing piece a little bit and like somebody has to pick up the slack and oh boy, is Jennifer getting into it like 17 times an episode? She's carrying a lot of weight. Yeah, totally. I think that like, she's sort of like, again, passed the baton. Now she's kind of like, she feels like she's, she's been promoted to the manager and she's just overseeing um, Jennifer and like her, her shit starting. (laughs) Promoted to the manager is such a funny way to think about house size that it's like, okay, yeah, like I'm I'm a key holder at the store now. So like <laughs> I'm there in the morning, but like I'm not like working the desk. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not at the cash register. Where it's kind of like I'm just gonna pop in. I mean, she doesn't really have anything to say about any of the new cast members. She doesn't seem like that invested in any of the new stuff, really, to me. Right. Meanwhile, Danielle is like bending over backwards to be like, well, I think Jennifer's a good friend. And Margaret's like, you've known her two minutes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought it was really interesting to see Melissa and Jennifer go to lunch or whatever that was one on one, because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, these women aren't friends. (laughs) Why would they be hanging out? Um, But they're so they're like still talking about when Jen didn't believe that Melissa was thinking about having another baby. Jen says she would have had more kids, but Bill really doesn't help as a co-parent, which is a whole like the way she just casually drops that in the conversation as if it's not like kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. This marriage is like seems a little bit like it's going through a rough patch. And that got me thinking about like what I'm kind of like, why do Jennifer and Margaret hate each other so much? And to me, it's just like they both represent sort of like the other, like, what if their choices had gone the other way? Mm. So maybe that's why they're so like resentful of each other because they're constantly bringing up these things of like trying to reinforce their own life choices because the other person made the opposite ones. 
Right. Like when they're at the brunch and the the kind of the most hurtful below the belt thing that they hurl at each other is Jennifer saying, you know, I have a family, like a loving family. You wouldn't know anything about that. And Margaret saying, well, I have a good marriage. You wouldn't know anything about that. And it, it, I mean, as much as those are terrible things to say to someone and that's not like what, you know, there's no real, you know, justification for bringing it up in that manner. It's like, yeah, I'm sure Jennifer wishes she had a partner that was more supportive and having her back more. And like, I don't know if Margaret wishes she had five kids running around, but you know, they, they, they she each, wishes she were closer with her, with her kids. Right. Or with each, her, she's talked about her exes, her, her yeah. exes kids that don't talk to her. They each have something that the other doesn't. And whether or not they're actually jealous of each other, there, there is kind of that, that like, you know, tender point there where it's like, Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. And I mean, if they could talk about that in a vulnerable way, I think they actually might become closer to each other because they're both like sort of like have experience in this sort of like really intimate, personal moment. And you have to I mean, you see, even with that lunch with Melissa, what are the things that make her so mad about Margaret that she's choosing to harp on the fact that she told Melissa to leave Joe for a ball player, the fact that she's encouraging someone to leave their to leave their wife to break up their family right. like that is clearly a thing for her that she has like a sort of fixation on again maybe because she wonders what it would have been like if she did leave bill but she i think needs to protect the sense of like the woman should just or the person in a in a bad relationship should sort of like stick it out yeah. and power through this episode is brought to you by bumble so you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Back that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So at this lunch, we finally get some context on what happened with Margaret's ex-best friend, Laura, who who spoke to Teresa and Jen. And apparently Laura's big revelation was that um, she told Jen that Margaret encourages Melissa to leave Joe. And this is something that has come up on the show before, that when Joe and Melissa were kind of having some, you know, flare-ups or whatever last season that Margaret had made this comment about like basically you shouldn't put up with shit from anyone you know you could go be with a ball player whatever like it it really seemed like sort of an offhand comment and Jennifer is taking this you know to the nth degree of she's breaking up families she's telling you to leave Joe she's putting ideas in your head and that's you know whatever and I'm like oh okay, I don't, that wasn't really my read on the situation. Right. 
And it's I think I, mean, I, I think that's what I'm saying that she's like overreading into that because that's that's such a trigger for her. Like anyone like leaving their family is a huge trigger for her. I also think she must have been like kind of afraid that Bill was going to leave her. Yeah, and they I mean they talk about how they have different uh you know recollections of how things went down last season with uh Margaret and Jennifer and the Bill cheating situation. And I think it keeps coming up in sort of different ways that it's like this is not something that Jennifer is over in an emotional sense. So it's manifesting in these ways with Dolores, with Margaret still, with these conversations that she's having with, you know, the new women in the cast. Like it is still impacting pretty much every one of Jennifer's relationships in the cast, let alone her marriage. So it's I think it's tough because Jennifer doesn't want to talk about it, but at the same time, it's kind of like that's a little bit what every conversation is about. Yeah, she clearly she brings it up all the time with Bill. It seems like she brings it up with like a lot of people. I do think it's something she hasn't fully worked out. Mm. I Yeah, it's <laughs> it's tough. I, I also think it's interesting. We got um, another kind of explanation from Danielle of the situation between her and her brother, because uh, not everybody in the cast had been made aware of that. And um, it's it's bringing up a little bit of red flags for some people. Rachel says that it sounds a little sketchy sketch. Uh, Dolores is like, is this the new generation? Instagram <laughs> tearing families apart. I'm like, Dolores, you have no idea. Yeah, I think everyone's pretty united in thinking that there's more to this story than the one that Danielle is is saying. Right, because I mean, Danielle's explanation of it, and again, I don't know more than what we've heard on the show, but it's a very, this is one bullet point of my perspective on what happened. And it feels like it's part of a, it's something that could be all, you right. know, spreadsheet. I'm sure he would, that's what I'm saying. If I'm sure if we got his opinion, it would be a lot more than that or a little different than that. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like that might be like a second season storyline for, yeah. for Danielle to unpack get, that a little bit more. Get Danielle's brother on the show. I need to, I need to hear his side. <laughs> Maybe uh, it, that's going to be like the new uh, Teresa and Joe. <laughs> like, in, Maybe. like yeah. next season, the first episode can be like uh, Danielle's brother's baby's christening. <laughs> uh, that would be the, the history repeats itself. I mean, we could we could use a little bit of a new a new family issue. Here. Yeah, I had to laugh at Jennifer when they bring up um like somebody compliments Jen Fessler on her house and she's like, Oh, I hate to brag. And Jennifer's like, I don't brag. I just explain things. I just say facts. Like if I, <laughs> and Teresa's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you have $40 million, it's just like, yeah, it's $40 million. It's like, it's like, no, I don't know if you would just say that either. That's bad. <laughs> Teresa's never been great at the analogies. I, I don't know. Jen, like Jen Aiden for all of the, you know, questionable things and the emotional journey and whatever, she makes me laugh. I, you know, it's, she's, she she's brings a nut. It. Yeah. <laughs> she always brings she it. Um, uh, speaking of, I, we had Melissa in the studio earlier this week. That episode is going to be coming out tomorrow. Um, and she, she brought it in terms of talking about Jennifer, uh, oh, talking wow. about some of the Teresa situations. So if you are not subscribed, make sure to do that so you don't miss that interview tomorrow. It's um, She asked when we finished recording, she was like, was I too juicy? And I was like, Melissa, <gasps> please. I can't wait. <laughs> Melissa, please. Not never juicy enough. <laughs> never too never too juicy. No, um, 
No, that was a good one. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Um, but yeah, the the end of the episode is Valentina's birthday party. She's oh turning five. She has the Barbie party. Uh, it was cute, you know. Yeah, cute party. Very cute kid. Um, I have to say, she this Danielle has like a very intense fixation with being in the spotlight or like mm-hmm. attention, and I think she's clearly showing her kids how to do that. I don't know if it's good or bad for them, but um, she clearly wants to be the tension on her well i was kind of i was i kind of it took my breath away at the brunch the moment when melissa's like yeah like i see your daughter on instagram she's a you look a stage mom and danielle's like i am a stage mom like yeah that's me i'm like oh i i took that as a little bit of a dig from melissa right she seems uh, there's no well i mean it's funny because i think this is like probably maybe more of the deeper issues that Danielle has with her brother or something like that because she says he just it starts with him making fun of her on Instagram but I'm kind of like maybe it's more about this like sort of obsession with fame or something that's clearly in there somewhere like and like Danielle is very uh you know she's very extroverted she's very like on her social media is a lot but also I could see in your family people can have deeper feelings about something it's not just like oh her video is embarrassing like somebody could have like your brother could see that and be like I think that's you know it's covering up for some insecurity or there's something kind of like deeper at play so again like what we were saying about this situation I would love to hear a more balanced conversation about uh how everyone was approaching that situation (laughs) same same petition Um, sign a petition (laughs) Uh, it was nice of Jen and Rachel to not fully get into it at the birthday party. Um, but, you know, I just don't see I don't see this going anywhere well because, you know, Jen meets Teresa and Louie by the bar. They're immediately talking shit about Margaret. Teresa's like, I just can't take the yelling, which is rich. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, one thing that I do, I like Rachel overall. I do find it to be like a little annoying that all her confessionals are like i can't believe two women would yell at each other like this like they're two grown women it's like have you watched the show like (laughs) stop acting so surprised this is what you're here for (laughs) yeah i think jen fessler is doing a good job of towing that line where she's like this is crazy this is nuts are you watching this but in a way that feels kind of like she's living for it a little bit whereas rachel's just like are we serious right now what are we talking yeah. about? It's like, what show do you think you're on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see as the rest of this season unfolds. It's not like Rachel is not engaging with anyone. Like she is involved in the group, but I'm curious whether she kind of uh, unleashes at all or whether she keeps it kind of together. Right. Um, I agree. I'm interested to see if she's going to be like retreating or yeah. like digging I, in. <laughs> I did. I liked her strategy talking to Teresa and Jennifer at that birthday party at the end where she's like, okay, like you're saying a lot of things. I'm just like trying to get to know everyone. So like not every conversation I have with you two needs to be about Margaret. And Teresa's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like pay attention. <laughs> Use your eyes. Be Use smart. your ears. Yeah. <laughs> that felt is so ominous. And it was just it's like, like, do you want to be invited back next season, Rachel? She's like, okay, uh, 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 pay attention. She's like, yeah, you can get to know everyone, but like, Margaret? Except for Margaret. Oh my God. It's, it's, it never ends. 
But I was glad there was no big like blow up fight at the birthday party. That was nice. I agree. I mean, that birthday party was also insane for a, yeah. what was she, five? Five. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Olivia Aiden be, going up to Danielle and being like, you really are like Barbie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the theme theme party. I was like, this looks like a bat mitzvah. It's very impressive. It did look like a bat mitzvah, but you know, maybe she'll, uh, are they doing that every year? Like, oh, I can't imagine. Sounds exhausting. Sounds exhausting and expensive. And I, I don't have the energy for that. I'm too busy dealing with the scandal. The scandal is on all, all of our, even when on watch what happens live last night, you saw like um, oh Jerry God. O'Connell wearing the team Ariana shirt. Yeah. Um, and his like, it was I, weird flex to be like, well, you know, one time I was the Sandoval and like my now wife, Rebecca Romaine was the other woman. I'm like, is this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is like the flex that you think it like, is. Does, does Rebecca love that you're telling this story right now? Right. She's the Raquel in the situation. Somebody told me that at the time he was dating Juliana Rancic. So Juliana oh, Rancic wow. is the Ariana. <laughs> I wonder what Ju- I would love to see Juliana Rancic respond to that episode. I know then. we he, uh, Juliana Rancic open invitation. Come on the pod. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, Jordana, I'm so glad you were here today to help break it all down. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a week. Uh, I'll see you next week, Dylan. What a week. See you next week. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow wherever you listen. We will have more updates rolling in throughout the week. And like I said, Melissa Gorga is on the show tomorrow. Also, Top Chef comes back this week. And we are going to be bringing back the Top Chef bonus episodes on Fridays. I will be doing my little short solo recap episodes for Top Chef. I have seen the premiere of this new global all-star season it is it's a great one it's going to be good uh so make sure you're subscribed you can follow us on instagram at bravo by betches and until next time be cool don't be all like uncool mention it all is produced by dylan hafer sean kilby jorge morales pico and rebecca sousmacat editing by jorge morales pico Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.